to me, I think God gives us this intuition, yeah, um, the Holy Spirit, um, that tells us, hey, there's something off, there's something wrong. So, and when that happens, listen to yourself. L listen to your body, it's trying to tell you something that you're not picking up on. Listening to the Single Mom Cast, I'm Mel Hyatt. And I'm Kelly Weehunt, and we are joined today by a good friend of mine, Detective Chris Cook. Good morning. Good morning, Chris, the detective. Yes. All right. We have learned a lot about you pre show. Middle name, favorite things your wife loves that you forget. Yes. We're, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Before we get going, Chris, what would you like our listeners to know about you? Uh, I guess uh, I've got two awesome kids. Um, I've got a 16-year-old who's a wrestler. Okay. And I've got a 24-year-old who actually works at our church. Awesome. Yes. All right. So you see the light at the end of the tunnel for that 16-year-old. Getting there. Okay. <laughs> you got it. And can I ask how long you have been on the police force? So I've been with us for almost 25 years. Cool. Or the Edmond Police Department. Yes. So well, he, he has seen it all. Yes. And we are lot. so excited. We want to take... I'm sure there's a million things that we can learn from you, but we want to focus on one today that I think is going to alleviate a lot of fear that our single moms have. So. Yeah, we today want to talk a little bit about situational awareness. And so I wanted to ask you, what is situational awareness and why should we care about it? Um, so situational awareness is really being aware of your surroundings um, all the time, not just some of the time, not just when you're home or when you're at work, when you're at church or when you may be at a restaurant. It is all the time. And why it's important is that um, you pay attention to everything that's going around um, all the time for your safety and also for the safety of your children your your spouse or friends that you might be out there with because not everyone pays attention so um, the more you can do the safer you can feel I'm excited about having this conversation for our single moms I think everyone needs to be aware uh, but it gets even more difficult as a parent as you know and then especially as a single mom I'm just imagining walking into the grocery store that you are hurting cats your phone is going off you know all of the things um, so there's all of these things that are distracting us from being aware so I think this is just a really great topic for our single moms we just had a safety night and the detective there asked our single moms just keep your heads up Yes. In the parking lot, just keep, what did he say? He said, be a watch, what did he say about the, be a watchdog, not a sheep? He said, be a sheepdog, oh. not a sheep. Yes, be a sheepdog, not a sheep. Like that. <laughs> or a watchdog, yeah. it's either. So let's talk about um, just the topic in general, and then we'll get into a little deeper. What is the first thing that our single moms can do to be better at situational awareness? Uh, practice. practice. So whenever I became a new officer, uh, my FTO field training officer would tell me, hey, wherever you are, be, try to be aware of what's going on um, and practice that because it does take practice. Mm. Um, it doesn't just happen naturally because typically we're focused on the things that are at hand. If we're at a restaurant, we're thinking about our the people we're talking to in our small group or for our family, with our children, but to actually try to practice on what's going on around you and not just what's in front of you. Mm. Well, that's good. That's hard for me to do. Uh, there's so <laughs> many things that distract me. 
Especially as, when food's involved. Absolutely. And kids. <laughs> kids especially. Yeah, I mean kids. It's so always many, their fault. So many things to look around <laughs> and see. But what about even at home? Are there things that we can do at home to make us feel more safe and aware of our surroundings? Yeah, so I have talked to many people over the years about this. And, and the first thing I always tell them is make sure your doors and windows are locked. Hmm. Especially if you have kids, they may have open windows and they remain unlocked. So for you to to be smart about your entry points, your extra your exit points, um, all the windows, make sure that they are truly locked um, whenever you want them to be locked. And also talking with your children or your spouse or whoever you might have in the home or other family members, talking to them about hey the importance of keeping things locked. That's probably the first thing. The second thing is um, outside. Is it light around your house or is it dark? Um, people who are doing bad things love the dark. Um, they want to stick to the dark areas and, you know, maybe getting in your backyard or your car. If, if it's out of the driveway, um, then doing those things to make sure that you are you have light because that equals safety from, for, for the most part. Um, and also paying attention to your surroundings when you're outside. Um, and whether you're in your backyard or your front yard or wherever you're coming and going um, from work, um, coming or going to school, pay attention to your surroundings um, and so that you kind of get a read on your neighborhood. That's, that's, that's what I usually tell people are, is a good start for you. That's really good. We, again, going back to the safety night, because I feel like it, even as, for me, I learned a lot that night. And I know you did too, Kelly, because we've had a lot of discussions about this. They had talked about leaving the lights or making sure your porch light is on. And one of the moms that was there said, I always want to do this, but I forget and I leave it on or I leave it off. And we had talked about there are light bulbs out there that automatically come on when it gets dark. And so that's a really great option for you. It's super practical. And then tell me what you think about this, Chris. I'm going to fact check somebody, if you sure. will. I had never thought of this, and I was like, this makes so much sense, and it is so interesting. He told our moms, one of the moms asked, should we leave lights on in the house at night? And he said, no, because you know your house better than anyone else. So if someone comes in and it's dark, you can get out or around better than they can. So I just thought, oh, my gosh, that's I never thought of that. What do you think? Is that good advice? Yeah, I don't leave lights on in our house. Okay. Um, now, whenever I'm gone, I do sometimes, um, depending on, you know, the situation. But you usually, do like the home alone thing where you have, yep. okay, I yeah. thought so. Michael like Jordan the people dancing yeah, yep. in the windows. Yeah. Um, and have our dogs, you know, prance through the house so yes. they know it's guarded. But yeah, um, you do know your house better than anyone else. So you don't need to have lights on unless you want it. Now with some children, um, you know, whenever my kids were younger, we probably left the light on just because when they do get up and we had a sleepwalker too. Oh, fine. So, yeah. So that helped, you know, kind <laughs> of identify what's going on. So this is not important at all, yeah. but do you have a funny story about your sleepwalker? Ooh, that Did you're this? allowed to share. Yes. Uh, I think most of the funny stories came from his friends that would tell us because whenever he'd go to camps or sleepovers, he would, you know, do certain <laughs> yeah. things and he would have no idea. Oh, and of course, my goodness. you know, good friends will roll with it yeah. and not let you know what's going on or wake you up. So, yeah, it is. I do. Thankfully, bless your heart, Chris. I do not live with a sleepwalker. I don't know if you do, Kelly. Uh, my son slept walk, I think, twice. And it was the freakiest thing yeah. I think I've ever experienced because he's talking to me, but he's not talking to me. And I'm well, just like, you're not in there. <laughs> yep. And you learn to put locks up high. 
you oh, have kids. Oh, my goodness. So um, so if you have a sleepwalker, get high, high locks. Yes. Um, at the same event, they showed us these easy little locks you can add to your doors that are kind of like in the hotels. It just looks like kind of a little corner, like an L, and it pops up. So that could be a quick, easy option for you moms. That's my, exactly what I used okay. whenever my kids were young. I actually put at the top and the bottom just because they wouldn't you know, recognize to go down the bottom. Okay. Because it's easy because your, your, you know, your, your muscle memory is just to the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a really good friend that sleepwalks all the time. And when she was little, she would take the vents up and put stuff in the vents, like books and all kinds of things. So her family always had to check the vents. Hmm. How weird. It's amazing. I know. She's the, this is so weird. I love that God <laughs> created us in a way that we do things in our sleep. <laughs> like, sleepwalk. How creative. Okay. Well, that was just a side wing of this podcast of sleepwalking. Um, but let's talk about that's the home. And for, I know many of us work at home, but those of us that work in an office or other places, is there something we can be doing to be situ- situationally aware at the job in our offices? Is it any different? Nope, it's no different. Um, I think that the main thing is coming and going. Okay. So as you're approaching church or as you're, le- I mean, sorry, your, your work, as you're coming to work or as you're going, then um, are you paying attention to your surroundings? Um, or are you buried in your cell phone? Um, or your coffee or whatnot, um, are you paying attention to everything around you? So that's that's mm. the number one thing you can do to be safer. Number two, while you're at work, is paying attention. Um, are you paying attention to just what you're doing, what's important to you, or are you kind of lo- looking and listening to things around you? Um, also, you can also try to think about, okay, if something happened, how do I get out of here? Mm, that's um, a good word. You know, places of exit. Mm. Um, also getting under your desk or, you know, if you have something that you might need to defend yourself, you know, things like that. Um, you know, it doesn't normally happen, but when it happens, um, you need to be prepared for it. But figuring out what you're going to do in, in any given situation is a good way to think about your safety. Mm. Okay. I love that because it's not like you have to be thinking about it every moment of every day, but just taking a few minutes at work today to go, okay, where would I go? Where would I hide? What weapon might I have available to me? And then you just already know. You've planned it so that if that happens, you're ready. Yeah, sort of like the sleepwalking. It's just a memory, muscle memory. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, Chris, there are times that um, I know you know this about me, that, you know, I'll just be out. I'll be chatting with people. I'll be hanging out. And suddenly I just get this weird feeling. And there's times that I'm like, is this my intuition that I should be trusting or am I just being silly? Like, how would you address, you know, those moments that as moms, we just go out and we're like, I just don't have a good feeling about that person or whatever it may be. Uh, I would say trust it, Um, trust and verify, but trusting your intuition is powerful. Um, Whenever I became a rookie cop, uh, my FTO made me read a book called The Gift of Fear. Um, It's by Gavin DeBecker. And it was a book that just talked about people's intuition, mostly women's intuition, um, women that listened to their intuition and were saved from a given situation, and those mm-hmm. who didn't listen to their intuition and they were attacked or um, something like that, in, in, like in a parking lot. So, but that book is a great way just to start thinking about, okay, you know, to me, I think God gives us this intuition, yeah, um, the Holy Spirit. Um, that tells us, hey, there's something off, there's something wrong. So, and when that happens, listen to yourself. Listen to your body. It's trying to tell you something that you're not picking up on. Well, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone go, oh, I really regret that I trusted 
my intuition there. It's more that oh, I felt I should have listened to that. I recently had an experience just a few weeks ago. I was at the movies at a weird time. You know when you have the theater to yourself? I was just like, yes. And it was actually my friend and I. And towards the very end of the movie, this gentleman walked in and sat right behind us. And the theater was completely empty. And both of us just real awkwardly looked at each other and just stood up and walked out. And it was, it wasn't because a man walked into the theater and sat behind us. It was very palpable, the feeling. And we both just like, I almost like the hair on the back of my head was standing up and I'm like, yep, I'm leaving. Like any I trust my gut. And when it's telling me I'm hungry and when it tells me don't trust this person, I'm listening. <laughs> well, and I think it's good for our single moms to also hear that you're not being rude. Like I think like I have the personality that there was a long time in my life that if someone approached me at my car or something just made me nervous, I would be really apprehensive because I'd be like, well, I don't want to come across as rude. It's okay. Like you, you holding your arm out and saying, I don't want you to approach me or don't go near my children. That's just you stating a fact. That's yeah. not you being rude or hateful or unchristlike. Like that's just you setting a good boundary with a person that you don't know. Well, I mean, there's a reason why it's sort of a popular slang, but people say the mama bear. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we have every right to be that for ourselves and for our kids and the people who are with us. So that's a good point, Kelly. Absolutely. Yeah. Better rude to someone than a victim mm. um, is, is, is what I've told many people over the years. Hey, be forceful. Um, and get out of any situation that you don't feel comfortable in. Because I also feel like I've heard, so Chris, please correct me. I've also feel like I've heard that a lot of times if someone is looking for someone to be a victim, if that person is firm quickly, that tends to shy those people away because they're like, oh, I'm not going to mess with that one. Mm. They're looking more for someone that wouldn't necessarily be firm. Yeah, most people are looking for an easy mark. Right. They don't want to fight. They don't want to get into a you know prolonged conversation. They're looking for people who they can manipulate. And whenever people are firm, they're not like that. I mean, they're they're going to say, okay, I'm moving on to the next person. Yeah. Why, why try to do something with this person whenever I can go over to this other person and make it easier? That's exactly what that detective taught us, Kelly. He even said, when you get out of your car at the grocery store, just look around the parking lot just for fun. But if someone's watching you and they believe that you're aware, they will move on to somebody who's not. So I thought, what an easy, these are easy things we can do. Keep our head up, look around, be a little rude if you have to, trust your gut and take a notes. Add a lock if you have a sleepwalker. (laughs) (laughs) So that is all really good stuff. Okay. So we've been, we've been training our single moms to be aware. What is just one thing that they could tell their children or do with their children so that this just becomes a part of their family life? So you can um, play a game with your kids whenever you're out somewhere. Hey, what's going on around you right now? You can say, stop, what's going on? It's almost like a game. Who is paying attention the most? Um, You know, if something happened, what would we do? Where would we go? I mean, you can say, hey, if uh, someone said, hey, there's a fire, 
how do we get out of here and and be safe? Mm. You know, but you can make it a kind of a fun game. You don't have to say, hey, there's a dangerous person over there. How would we go away? But you can say a fire or something like that. How would we exit this this uh, okay. this establishment or, you know, the grocery store or whatever? If you're at home, you can do the same thing. But just try to play a game with them and, and don't make it so serious, but make it fun. Yeah, that's really good advice. And the hard reality is our kids do that at school. You, I mean, we've always done, we always yeah. done fire drills and here in Oklahoma, we did tornado drills, which was so funny. You just went in the hall and put your head between your knees. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, we're doing what we can, but now we've added other elements of intruders and things like that. So it is a part of their life. So making it a fun game and things like that, I think is, is really great advice. I even would do that with my kids sometimes at the park when they were younger, as I'd, I'd say, Oh, oh, something happened. Mom can't move. What would you do? And they'd and I'd, I'd make sure they could get into my phone because they didn't have a phone at the time. So I'd make sure they knew how to get into my phone to call someone. Look or, at you. So like, and that was, that reminded me of that. That was like a little game. Like I didn't make it scary. It was just like, okay, well, what happened if something happened yeah. with mom and you needed to help? What you, would you do? You did that while you were going down the interstate too, didn't you? Uh, absolutely. You are just like, yeah. she plays this game, Chris, with her kids. I just let go of like, the steering wheel. Out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's good stuff. Because I think, you know, for us... Kelly and I felt a little silly when we were at that safety night we hosted and we were learning all of these things going, shouldn't we should have known these things? Like I'm in my forties. I should know all things now, Chris. I know all things except for those things I learned that day. But if we're doing that with our kids, then it's a part of their life. It's Mm -hmm. not something that they're in their forties going, Oh, I should have known that. (laughs) Well, plus as they grow older, those conversations differ. Yeah. It was a game when they were young, but as they get older, it's it gets more serious about, hey, if someone approaches you, what do you do? I mean, you're the older they get, those those discussions can change to more, you know, um, pointed things like if someone attacks you or if someone threatens you, if someone, you know, is doing whatever it is, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but the older they get, those conversations should continue on. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask what are some things that you would say to your kids in those specific situations? Yeah. So the younger, mom, the, the younger kid, I would always tell them, hey, you know, because I come from a background, I was a sex crimes detective as well. You know, your body is your own. I, I would go into the details with my kids, say, hey, if anyone ever tries to touch you, or if anyone tries to approach you or ask you to touch them or anything like that, then you can always tell me or mom. You're never going to get in trouble. You will never get in trouble. And making sure that they know that they'll never get in trouble. And, but then also talking about threats. You know, if someone's bullying you at school, because that's that, that happens a lot more than you think. Um, but letting them know that they're never going to be in trouble and that anything that they ever tell you is going to be okay. Even when they've done wrong, um, there's been times where I wanted them to, you know, be punished because they did something wrong. But I told them they came to me then I would not give them any punishment. And that meant more than trying to do something like that. So, yeah. but yeah, that, that is very important, especially the older they get. And just having conversations with it, not normalizing it, but almost it normalizing it, at least in your family. We did a podcast on bullying and they brought something up that I thought was really interesting that in the schools, they will use the term disrespect instead of bullying, because we've almost made bullying this big, like, oh, I didn't get stuffed in the locker today. Mm -hmm. And I tested it on my high schooler. I said, you know, do you ever see anyone bullying anyone? And he was like, no, absolutely not. And I said, do you ever see anyone disrespect anybody? And he was like, oh, yeah. 
And so even that, I just think me having a conversation with him of going, you know, those are actually the same thing. Um, just giving him this permission to say like, yeah, I don't want you to disrespect me. Or I also threaten him like, it better not be you. Yep. Because I'll shave that head. Yeah. <laughs> He'll look a little bit more like yes. you, Chris. Yes. <laughs> so Chris, this has been so helpful. I think we've gotten some really good tools in our tool belt yeah. that are just simple things that we can do to be situationally aware. But as we close, is there anything else you would like to say to our single moms? Yeah, I think uh, two things. Number one, cell phone. Get your head out, out of your cell phone. Um, because as people are walking, I mean, you can just watch people every day. Their head is in their cell phone and they're not aware of their surroundings. So that's the first thing, especially when you're coming and going somewhere. Make sure that your head's not on the cell phone. Um, and number two, uh, like I tell my family and they all know, whenever we go to a restaurant or we're out in public, dad's back is always to the wall. Um, I am always watching out, you know, whenever, especially at a restaurant, whenever we all sit, they all know for me to kind of go to the seat that I want and then everyone else sits around me. So as a mom, I would do the same thing, you know, sit where you can see the rest of the restaurant and your kids are in front of you so that you don't have to worry about what's behind you and your back. So those two things, if you do those two things alone, you're, you're doing a lot better. That's really good advice. Thanks, Chris. I love that. I love that. Chris, um, you know, I can say this without any doubt. Chris is a man of God who loves the Lord. Um, he serves in so many different ways. And I know that um, he keeps people safe. And I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. I also know that Chris is the kind of man that is telling you all these things as single moms, but he is not telling you to live in a spirit of fear. I love 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, for the spirit... God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so moms, we are not doing this podcast to say that you need to just live your life afraid every single moment. You need to live aware, be watching the things that are around you, be okay with being bold, when, especially when you're around your kids, um, to, in order to keep yourself and your kids safe. Um, but know that God is with you and he goes with you wherever you go. And so we don't have to live this life in fear. 